When it comes to the lives of artists in the music industry, a certain amount of grit has to exist. Whether it's re-establishing yourself as a solo artist, like Sassy Black, formerly of The Satisfaction. Like coming back from being in another group and like figuring out who I am as an individual, who I am as an individual artist and doing it as I'm performing. It's kind of intense, but it's super fun. Or leaving Hollywood to carve a career, like Lucia Fasano. I still like, I act and I write things. Um, but I was like, I have to have my own relationship with it. These are the voices of independent artists today, and Gritty Birds is on a journey to discover how we create art and why it's so important. In episode two of season three of Gritty Birds, we're talking touring the world as a one-woman force of nature with Sassy Black at Treefort Music Festival, and then coming to a live taping in Portland, Oregon with Lucia Fasano to talk about taking risks, financing your art, and why Buffy the Vampire Slayer is a badass. My name is Jenny Renstotrup, and this is Gritty Birds. If you look at titles, Sassy Black has a few. Psychedelic, electronic, soul songstress and producer from Seattle, Washington. Catherine, Cat Harris White, Nobby. She prefers those getting to know her these days as Sassy. These are just a few of the personalities and one of the hardest working producers in the Northwest today. Sassy has been keeping herself busy for well over a decade. Up until a year ago, she was best known as half of the production duo, The Satisfaction. And we got so much done. Got, got signed to Sub Pop, like toured like a lot of the world, China, Australia, um, a lot of uh, different overseas places and, um, you know, all of North America pretty much, a ton of North America, you know, got to have music on Broad City, like, got to be, like, on MTV, like, got all this cool, cool stuff. So, like, we did accomplish way more than I ever anticipated when starting the group at my senior recital in college. The band first united and launched the project from their senior thesis at renowned Seattle music school, Cornish. I mean, Cornish is um, just kind of like... um, a gem of Seattle. Like I, I, it was so bizarre for me. I have such a funny, bizarre story about going to Cornish or even getting in because it's kind of a miracle and it's kind of like this is where I'm supposed to be at. So um, I still find a lot of connections through Cornish to this day, and it is kind of like the Berkeley or Juilliard of you know Seattle and kind of of like the Pacific Northwest because I can't find a school that's comparable. But um, yeah, it, it it helped me a lot. And again, like like. The Satisfaction was kind of being formed in my senior year, and our first show was at my senior recital. So, like, we launched it there. I still have the flyer when we did all that stuff. And then we got our first gig from there, from someone who was there. And we st- we'd been, we were gigging from May 2008 till last year. Eight years is a long time. And eventually, Sassy found that it was time to explore a solo project. I mean, it just comes to a point where you're like, we might need a change or something just happens, you know? And for me, it's like I have always wanted to be like a solo artist, like a Janet Jackson or a Michael Jackson or like, you know, just some crazy solo diva like Mariah Carey or something. You know, like I I had like the big dreams of that and having like backup dancers and singers and bands and whatever. And I was just always too afraid to do it. So I've been in so many bands where I might be the front singer, but I'm always like leaning on everyone. And so like it was a big transition for me to be like, all right, I'm going to do this. And I turned 30 last year. So I was like, all right, we're coming to like a kind of a, like a societal pivotal moment for myself. And I, I need something different. And then, it, I mean, it was just time for the group as well. Um, 
it's just time you know like we used to be in a relationship then we weren't in a relationship and it's just like just how these things go and we released like seven projects together over that time this interview with sassy was a long time coming we first met in 2013 i opened for the satisfaction twice once for Siren Nation Festival is Jenny Wren, and the first time, exactly four years before at Treefort Music Festival. Um, five years ago um, was my first Treefort. Oh, yeah. And do you know who I played with? You. <laughs> we were over at Neurolux. I was with Shy Girls. Oh Neurolux, I was, such, I was just looking at that place. It's so funny because I forget everything all the time. Like, I shift everything out of my brain. I was like, don't need it currently. You go all the way back there. And so I was like walking around here and I was like, Neurolux, that's real. I remember this place. It's crazy. One thing to know about her is that she's extremely in the present moment. And she had just gotten back from a really neat panel she was excited about. Yeah, I went to the jump um, panel and it was cool because this guy from Sony was talking about video game comp- uh, composing, which is something I'm trying to get into. Yeah, so I've seen a lot of things. I like constantly think about ways to make money as an artist. So that was one of the big things. But it was really cool because like he was really nice, asked me when I was performing, and then he gave me his email, which again is very rare for folks that are like that far up because he's like the A and R for like music at Sony Games, at PlayStation. Yeah, right. So I was like, okay, this is kind of nuts. And then uh, he already had me start to come see my show tonight because he said he liked my name. Well, but I mean, I feel like you manifest things like more than a lot of artists that I know because like you really, really try to make that happen. So um, for like, I guess like a few months ago, like I've been following you since we played a show together, two of them. Right. And but uh, a few months ago, you did this live feed while you're in Germany. Yeah. Yeah. I did um, a workshop. called a guide to pursuing passion endeavors yeah Yeah. that was super fun (laughs) it was it was it was really inspiring because like you get it totally and I tried it like I mean it's a whole budgeting thing it's like um, a kindness to self thing because I'm always like if if I don't get this it's okay I'm not supposed to have it right now maybe I'm supposed to focus on something else um you know, I'd like to get paid for this. And then I have to figure out, like, if I can't get paid, is this something that I can do right now? Like, is it going to work within my budget? Can I afford it? And if not, like, don't feel guilty. Because I feel a lot of times as artists, as freelancers, we feel like, oh, man, I should be doing something all the time. And um, it's hard to figure out, like, burnout situations. And I've burned out a lot of different times. Like, I'm only 30. I've burned out, like, 10 to 20 billion times already and so like I just try to ease down and be like all right I'm supposed to be chilling right now you know like I'm supposed to be sleeping this isn't gonna happen and then like if it doesn't happen from one end I try to reach out to someone else just different trying to like tackle different sides of the beast or of whatever I'm working on and then just being kind to self is like the the biggest portion the biggest part I think of like what gets me to where I am because I'm really nice to myself if something doesn't work out and I'm like don't blame the person don't blame myself I just say this isn't the time or the place everything is just working around itself and when it's time it will happen in 2016 Sassy Black released No Week Dates she followed up with New Black Swing this year as she's traveling the world it's a new experience having a different kind of bandmate 
essentially like as electronic musicians like our gear is our band and like it's like also like kind of a privileged thing it's like I was thinking about it like it's a privileged thing to have a band to be able to ride around with like a bunch of people because everyone the humans have needs and uh, you have to pay them continuously you have to interact with them continuously and for me like I can buy my laptop and I've paid for it like once unless something crazy happens and then I have to get it fixed and then like I like will pay my pay for my controller once you know and then all I have to do is like maybe $25 check bag or whatever or updates if you have to or whatever but it's like that's more affordable for me than riding around with like to one to five other people realistically you know like it's cheaper for me to to travel that way and then I could build up something where people are like wow we really like her audience her performance as one person and then you know then I'll be able to build up the stamina and the notoriety so that I can get paid more to be paying a band but at the same time it's like depends on if you feel like you can do that touring solo is now he's perfect but it can often lead to a really great story. Touring by myself, too, keeps me in check. And it's easier for me to, like, reset myself because then I don't have to interact with so many people or, like, share so much energy. It's, like, just checking yourself when you have that. And then, like, what I find for myself is when everything's, like, ah, everywhere, oh, my God, where is my bag? I don't have my bag. Okay, I didn't pick my bag up. My bag on another flight. Like, this is what happened when I was on my way to South... Well, this is what happened when I was on my way to South by Southwest because I do everything myself, booking management, agent, performer, whatever. So I was, uh, I bought my flight from Seattle to Dallas and I checked in and then I forgot that I had already bought a ticket from LA to Dallas because I go to Dallas and then take a bus to Austin and I thought it was going to be in LA but I wound up being in Seattle and I never like checked my flight or put it in my calendar. So I spent, first off, I spent too much money. And then I checked into, you know, I went to the airport to check in. I checked into the other flight after I'd already checked into one flight. So I checked my bag on the flight that I was going to take, like that the, the Seattle flight. But then I got on the second flight that would have been coming from L.A. because my layover was in L.A. So it was like, what the hey? And so I got there and I was like, where's my bag? And they're like, your bag's on another flight. And I was like, what do you mean? It's on another flight. How dare you, uh, such and such airlines? How dare you? And get all mad at them because it's like five in the morning. But whose fault is it? It's mine. I had to look at it. And then I like was like, oh, my travel agent must have messed it up, which is one of my personalities. It's just like my travel agent messed it up. It wasn't because I didn't want to embarrass myself. I just embarrassed one of my personalities instead because they don't know me. And I was like, ah, but then. As I was panicking, I had to call my sister-in-law. I was like, please help me. I don't know what to do because they were going to deliver my bag. Turns out my bag was there. Within those three minutes, I calmed down. My bag was there, just at a different terminal. I got my bag, and I was like, what did we learn today, Kat? We learned patience. We also learned to log our flights and save them so we don't overbook. We also learned to book flights slower because there might be more gigs available or whatever, you know? And so it's just like we learned to slow down a lot of things. And to, like, follow through with things. But it's okay. So, like, when those things are, like, going crazy, it's, like, typically you haven't slept enough. You're not keeping track of what you're doing. You didn't drink enough water. Which is all okay. It comes down to... That's why it comes back to being kind to yourself. Because it's all okay. Because everybody has those days. Nobody's perfect. Everyone's unorganized. And people will be kind about it. 
but it's most important that you're kind to yourself about it. And that's the thing about Sassy Black. She's always going to give you an amazing performance. She's going to leave you with a word of positivity and a great story. There is no stopping Sassy Black. Because I've been doing stuff like hosting shows and like organizing events and getting up on stage by myself for so long, for as long as I can remember. I'm always doing that stuff. So doing that now is like not so crazy, but it's, it's funny because people have these things in their mind. They see you and they judge you for whatever, for your ethnicity, for your gender, uh, the way that you come off when people assume your gender and you know, like they just see you, they have all these assumptions and then you try to tell them what you do and they're like, so you're a rapper or you're hip hop or you're, I'm like, actually I like bend genres and like you're not gonna expect what you, you thinking is gonna happen. It's just not, you know, and just gotta be open. And so it's like more about expanding minds when I perform and just like expanding my own mind and being open and vulnerable to be like, well, this is a mistake. Like I have a lot of mistakes happen <laughs> when I'm performing with my gear, which I'm like, cool. I was like, whoops, that started early. But then I just turn it into a whole joke. I'm like, well, that's what happens when you don't plug in your laptop at night. Or that's what happens when you're talking shit. Like you need to be kind and like maybe those glitches won't happen. I make a big joke about it and poke fun at myself and then I get back to the show. Or I guess I incorporate it into the show, you know? And then you just make fun of yourself when you do it. It's cool. Like, life is just about living to me. It's about living and having experiences and learning from those experiences and having relationships and learning from those relationships. And nothing is perfect. And it's all about trying. And you could change anything you want whenever. And when people don't respond the way that I want them to or when I want them to, I was like, this maybe is not for me in general. And maybe it's not for me right now. And it, it could always, I'm just open to things being able to change. Music from the segment was by Sassy Black from New Black Swing. The album just came out and you can find it on iTunes. You can also follow Sassy and see when she's coming to your city at Sassy Black Music. Gritty Birds is produced by myself, Jenny Ren Stotrup, with the support of our Kickstarter and Patreon backers, as well as our partners at X-Ray FM, Vortex Music Magazine, Revolver Studios, and our brand new network, Portland Podcast Federation. Last week, I just launched Podcast Portland, so if you're interested in getting involved with podcasting, go ahead and send a request to that group. I'd love to have you in our community. This is the second episode of the third season of Gritty Birds. If you want to help support the show, you can support us at patreon.com slash grittybirds or follow us on socials at G-R-I-T-T-Y-B-I-R-D-S. We love hearing from you. Right now it's Nanopod Pomo, which is National Podcast Month, and you can follow my feed on Anchor every day. Please send me requests or music that you'd love to hear at G-R-I-T-T-Y-B-I-R-D-S. For the second part of this episode, we're going to air in full an interview that we shared with Lucia Fasano. The comedian, actress, and songwriter joined us at Kelly's Olympian back in March for the last staged live taping that we did for the year. We're going to go ahead and have a wonderful conversation with her and share our thoughts on Patreon, crowdfunding, her history in music, and our shared love of Joss Whedon and Buffy. Welcome to the second live taping of Gritty Birds from X-Ray FM, and we have the amazing Lucia Fonsano. Um, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us 
a, a little bit about yourself to start off the night. Great. Um, I'm Lucia Fasano. Um, I'm a musician and also comedian and writer and cartoonist uh, living in Portland, Oregon. Um, I've been playing music um, like my whole life, but just started with mandolin and ukulele uh, the past couple of years. Um, moved to Portland from Los Angeles in 2012, I believe. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> What'd you do today? Today, uh, I watched the Great British Baking Show. Um, <laughs> new seasons on Netflix. Yes, you're welcome. Um, I watched uh, that and laid on the floor. Uh, did some work, played some songs, wrote a song. Um, and uh, yeah, just uh, ate pie. You know, living the dream. Yeah. What's the pie that you ate today? It was a Fred Meyer apple pie. It was a little burnt. It was not their best pie. Oh, Fred Meyer, you failed today, at least in the pie. But do you really fail with pie? I, I guess not. Like, it depends if you're a crust or a filling person. I'm more of a filling person, but the crust was, like, burnt, so I... Like it was, I was tasting the burnt, you know, <laughs> but it was still good because when you watch a show where people are baking the whole time, you just like, I mean, our apartment's kind of too small to make a whole pie right now, <laughs> but so we like, it was a good substitute. All right. Yeah. What is your favorite pie? My favorite pie is straight up is lemon meringue pie. But in second would be like a Marionberry, like something like that, or pumpkin. I'm pro pumpkin spice, you know? What about yourself? Um, I'd say that the pie that I loved growing up the most at first was like the rhubarb pie because we would grow the rhubarb in my backyard. <gasps> And then eventually it was the apple because we also had apples in our backyard. Oh, so it's fresh. Like fresh. And there was this one night when I was a freshman in college where um, like my mom like, sent a pie which was the most amazing thing ever and it was uh, a late night drinking night and I came back in the room and my friends had already known about my mother's magical pies <laughs> and they're all just sitting there cowered around the pie eating it and I'm like what have you done but that's the pie no, I want to eat the pie not for them <laughs> oh my gosh well what we've been wondering as we were watching it like what exactly is rhubarb I say it's like celery that mixed with raspberries like what it, what it, is it it kind of tastes like that and it's really hearty but it's also tart uh -huh. so it's i think some people don't like rhubarb because they're like it's not sweet enough and it's like no you didn't put enough sugar in it <laughs> to balance it out <laughs> but that's exactly what it looks like it looks like something between like kale and celery with like the giant giant stalks and it's all just like growing as weeds and you're just like ma like magical strawberry patches and magical rhubarb patches. Oh, so cool. Oh my god. <laughs> um, so let's get started with your first song. Right. And what is tell me the name of it. Um, my first song is When My Eyes Are Closed, um, which is off my debut solo album Radio Silence. Um, and I have a music video coming out soon produced by the Double Clicks. For this song, so I'm excited to. All right, play. here we are. Let's check oh. it out. <laughs>
tell me about the video that's coming out of that track. I'm really excited. Um, it's directed by Angela Weber of the Double Clicks, and her sister Aubrey did all the lighting and stuff. And uh, we filmed it in Aubrey's house in Beaverton, just like a day in the life, sort of. Because the song, there's a lot of like motifs of like um, my eyes being closed and sort of like about and dreaming and having nightmares. And so it's like me waking up and then like going about my day and kind of writing the song or working on the song um, and lots of, and some like moody shots of rain and puddles because it was pouring that day mm -hmm. um, and just uh, like sort of dreamlike and they have a big green screen that they use for their like live shows and whatever so it's like me in front of a green screen too so um, It'll be coming out soon, after Angela gets married, because that's kind of time-consuming. <laughs> just, just minorly, just a little bit. Yeah, she's just like, can you, you just know. edit, like, and be married, get married at the same time? Oh, I can. I, I mean, I'm sure you could, but I mean, like, is that the way that you want to start, like, a marriage, right? Be like, oh, honey, I have to go edit, um, like, in the room <laughs> right before. It's like, it's all coming together. You're, you're putting on your veil, and you're like, I'm sorry, just give me, like, five minutes, right? I'd be a very bad bridesmaid if I was like, um, priority. Um, what, what, like for you, what, how do you manage your time well? Because you do a lot of really neat things. Like I love following the media that you create. And thank you. Uh, Same with yours. Oh, thanks. I know, I know. It's really fun to like hang out with you because, um, but I like how you leave, bring so much humor to everything. Thank you. I definitely have to, um, like, it, like in that song. Um, there's, like, I have a lot of darkness in me, and a lot of that song is about, um, you know, uh, sort of, like, waiting for bad things to happen and fearing them and stuff. And so, like, I definitely, um, have always used humor as a defense mechanism, like, to, and so a lot of that darkness comes out in the music, and then I crack a joke about it. Um, but, uh, time management is hard because I do feel very torn between, music and comedy, and I see them as not really having much of a division, you know? But practically, like, for doing shows and um, open mics or festivals, like, you are very much put in a box, mm -hmm. or someone sees you do, like, I have a song that's a comedic song called Vegan Rap, and then it's like, oh, so you're the vegan, which I'm not vegan, but it's like, right. so you're the vegan person that only sings raps about vegetables. <laughs> um, so it's hard, like, I try to dedicate time to songwriting, but I also am very, like, I have a song in mind, and then I write it, you know? Um, so then I realize I don't spend enough time just sitting and having fun with the instrument. You know, a lot of it is, like, um, you know, just... I do a lot of shows around town, and so that occupies a lot of my time, and I've been... Uh, and I have a day job. I work with small children, so... Um, it's both, mostly been like day job, then performing at night. And I want to put more of the creating and artistic stuff back in, you know? I do. I mean, I think that's a conversation that I've been having with a lot of people recently. Because I can relate to that. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like uh, there's never a full balance between all of them because you no longer... This has been a conversation that's come up a lot recently on Facebook mm -hmm. where we're 
sort of in these boxes as uh, creative entrepreneurs where mm-hmm. we're really expected to do all of the promotion and we're expected to do all of that and it's necessary because of the market that we're in. Yes. But to be able to create the space where you can actually create, um, there's always time for it, but it's really easy to say, how do we build toward that and what can we do to make that really important? Um, what I think uh, I'm curious about, one of the things I'm curious about talking to you tonight mm-hmm. about is that you have a really unique upbringing <laughs> and um, how you've been able to bring that forward and into your own life as you've followed so much of your family's footsteps is, 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 gonna, is something I'm excited to chat with you about today. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited too. <laughs> you are listening to an X-Ray FM edit of Gritty Birds and the full interview with Lucia is up on iTunes right now. And you can go ahead and find us there and it's Gritty Birds, G-R-I-T-T-Y-B-I-R-D-S. Thanks again for tuning in to the Gritty Birds podcast. This episode, music was featured by Lucia Fasano and of Sassy Black. You can find their music on iTunes as well as follow their socials. Please support your artists. You can support Gritty Birds at patreon.com slash grittybirds or as simply as going ahead and giving us a review over on iTunes. All you have to do is click five stars, tell us that we're awesome. It really helps. This last week we were featured on the main page for new seasons on Radio Public. So thank you to whoever was out there listening. Every little boost makes a difference. Special thanks to our sponsors, X-Ray FM, Vortex Music Magazine, and Revolver Studios, as well as our new network, Portland Podcast Federation. So go ahead, and we'll see you in just a couple weeks. This is Jenny Wren signing off.